Hey nerds, I've got some exciting news before we start this week's episode. If you or someone you know is just utterly addicted to Spotify, if they find it draining to go to another app in order to listen to a podcast, fret no more. That kind of nerd is now on Spotify. That's right. Just go to the search bar on Spotify, put in that kind of nerd, and you'll see our podcast. Every Monday morning, 6 a.m., same great show, same great nerdiness, brand new app. That kind of nerd is now on Spotify. And now, on with the show. Welcome, everyone, to That Kind of Nerds Podcast, a weekly show that tells you what is going on in the nerdy world. I am CJ Mellon, joined by Josh Burns and Brian Thornton. What up? Hello. I was tempted again to flip the names, but decided against it. I would have been very weirded out. <laughs> I just Your voice is different. Uh, yeah, I'm not sick this week. This is well. I'm, I'm likely I'm, story. I'm 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 about eighty percent better. I'm I'm still coughing, but I'm, I'm I sound more myself and not smooth and silky. A shame. <laughs> I'll say. Yeah, you know what? I want to start off with a just a quick story. I got to see Harry Potter and the Cursed Child on Broadway. It's cursed. Uh, th- yes, cursed. If you're British, the Cursed Child. Well. It's fucking British place, but they're in New York anyway. I don't care. It was it was uh, amazing. There are a lot of things I don't want to spoil for people because they they the magic is really great. They have a like polyjuice potion. They do a great transformation on stage. Uh, There's a couple effects that even I was just like I don't even know how you do that. Like you're you're obviously using real magic. That's the only way in which this is possible. Is you're doing real magic. Um, uh, everything about it was fantastic. If you have the opportunity to go see the show, they have lotteries uh, and they have different ways for you to win tickets. Enter yourself into all of them. It is long and it's about two and a half hours for part one. Then you get about a two hour break and then two and a half hours for part two. Wow. It's a it's it's a day. It's the whole day. But man, is it worth every moment uh, and if you're a wand collector, if you like Harry Potter uh, World at, at Universal, there are three exclusive wands that you can only get at the show. Uh, but if you go to New York, you go to the box office, you actually go in and, and buy it. You don't have to see the show in order to buy the wands. Uh, but if you're a wand collector, you, you got you, you can only get them there. Um, so it's it damn fantastic. you, CJ. Now I have to go get wands They're And they're cool looking. I have uh, one of course wand. they are. It does yeah. just fine. Uh, I've got no man. You four. need, the, <laughs> uh, yeah. You you need the whole set. I don't need any set. My wand is perfectly fine. Oh, I see what you're doing. He's doing an innuendo. <laughs> he, he's talking about his penis. The uh, last bit of advice I'll give you, if you're interested in the show, is do not read the 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 script, which is the book. Uh, don't read it. Just go in. Very fresh. You're going to be surprised. There's a lot of stuff. Uh, the program even says, seriously, don't read this unless you want spoilers. So. Uh, just keep the secrets if you've seen it. Uh, if you're interested and you want to know more, just hit me up on on Twitter or Facebook. Uh, do it on, on that kind of nerd or at CJ Millen on Twitter. Uh, I'll you know definitely gush about it, but I'll I'll keep the the spoilers down. But it was great. I wish you guys could have gone, especially Josh. I know you're a a huge fan of Harry Potter as well. So a bit, yes, uh, yeah. So uh, fantastic. Highly recommend it. Let's get into this. So let's take a look at the world of uh, movies in a segment that we call Screen to Screen. Uh, and we're going to do a little bit of follow-up. Uh, we had talked a couple weeks ago about the Lord of the Rings coming to Amazon, and we were kind of wishy-washy about it. But uh, some figures and some some numbers have come to light, too, that we I just think we have to address uh, and, and see what's going on. Josh, you had kind of found some of this topic. What about this really kind of, like, sparked your interest? That the, the budget for the series is going to be north of a billion dollars. <throat> and my only complaint about doing this as a series was what that's going to be ridiculously expensive or it's going to be ridiculously expensive or they're not going to want to spend the money and then we get dog shit right right well clearly so, they want to spend the money that's what now look i'm i'm in not only that but they're like, not going to get return on investment i read uh well at least saw and skimmed articles where they talked about um peter jackson producing and uh possibility for ian mckellen yeah uh, everything that i read about those two were in the maybe stages the ah, they've expressed that maybe i'm just saying like that's how this is how stuff gets started right oh, yeah. and and but a series with ian mckellen who's not watching that now the other thing that i saw too is that the uh new line cinema and harper collins which are the the people right now that are in charge of the publishing 
they have a five year they have they had five years to go ahead and bring this to the small screen actually get this out so the clock is ticking and basically amazon has to be in production within two years otherwise they they lose their contract which means netflix can come in and bid for this uh if they want to so they they've i mean and Amazon's gone through some restructuring when it comes to some executives in charge of content and creation uh, and, and some controversy. So people have to pick up some slack and really start moving on this or it's not going to happen. Uh, but I think two years is enough time to get your shit together and just start pointing a camera at some stuff and shooting things. One would hope. Uh, but Brian, you think that they're not going to get a return on investment. That is that because it's Amazon or just because nobody wants this? No one's asking for more Lord of the Rings. Who isn't asking for more Lord of the Rings? Nobody's asking for more Lord of the Rings. All right, not asking, but like if they're going to give it to you, you're going to turn it down? No, sure, you don't know. No, like the, the diehards will watch it. I don't think I wouldn't call myself diehard and I'm going to watch it. I have no idea how platforms like this make money to begin with. So spending a billion dollars on a show, they're clearly not going to. Here's the here's the thing. So for what I can understand, people like streaming services like Netflix and Hulu make their money pretty much off of ad space. Like, hey, feature Sony prominently in your TV show. We're going to feed a bunch of money to you. Yeah. You can't do that in Lord of the Rings. Well, is Frodo going to be sipping a Coke on his way to Mordor? Or I'll counter you with Game of Thrones, right? Same kind of thing. HBO is a completely different business model, though. Wouldn't wouldn't they get sponsorship? Wouldn't they get funding by doing the ads and stuff while the show's running, while it's hot at like little to no cost to the what ads? Amazon doesn't have ads on their programming. No, no, no. Ads on their programming. No, no, no. Ads on their home screen. No, they have ads on television, and you could have the actors who are super popular do promos and ads that drive additional revenues for 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 as part of the contract. Well, I was thinking the thing with like IKEA and Game of Thrones, right? The the pelts that they wear are from IKEA. Once people found out about that, no, but like like, Brian, Brian was talking about product placement, and what I'm saying is, you know, Coca Cola would contribute if the the actors do promos in costume, right? You know what I'm saying? Like that's how you get funding. That's how you get vendors for something like this because it's not like it's it's not rocket science. They want to be involved. You just got to give something back. I just really want Frodo sipping a Coke. <laughs> not not in Josh's not in Josh's hobbit. It's a Pepsi. It, he, uh, that's uh, for sure. He prefers in my shows. There's no Coca Cola. You know who drinks Pepsi? Sauron, Saruman, the Balrog. The Balrog drinks Pepsi. The Balrog absolutely drinks Pepsi. <laughs> he's got he's got to remain. You know, yes, yeah, it's the Tolkien soda that they drink. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Come on, that's a terrible joke. All right. Uh, next bit of news is is kind of associated with uh, a cast this that we did a few weeks ago. Uh, you guys went ahead and recast uh, A League of Their Own. And now there may be a League of Their Own TV series uh, happening. Uh, what's interesting about this, though, is that it's going to kind of it's, it's not a one for one replacement for the movie. Uh, when it comes to big characters like uh, Dottie and Kit they will not be appearing in yeah, the show. They probably shouldn't. Why not? Because they were the focal point of the entire movie. You can't ha- you can't do it. The moment you introduce those characters, the entire series has to be about them. Yeah. And you uh, can't and do then, an entire and, series around those two characters. Right, right. Right. So if you're if you're making, you know It's gotta be about the team. A series about at minimum fourteen people, right? Like an active roster, that's I mean that's that's pretty simple to do. An active hitting roster, not the pitching rotation. You're probably talking about 23-ish characters total. I'm imagining Grey's Anatomy with baseball. Yeah, like 25-man <laughs> active roster is what we've got now, but I don't know what it was during World War II. Like, I guarantee you it wasn't 25-man. So, like I'm saying, you have the real potential to feature, let's say, four, five, six main characters, and then, like, another ten who you're actually interested in and that that's a that's a pretty big deal that you can't do if if Dottie is in it because I mean everybody's seen the movie we all like the movie at least my, you know my kids love the movie and you've got someone who played one season and then bailed on a career and that's what you're left with if if she is in the series that's all anybody cares about right okay 
That's true. And uh, Abby Jacobson, which I believe is from uh, Broad City fame, uh, she's going to be helming this. She is not going to be on the show, uh, but she's going to be a creative force behind it. Uh, and from what I can tell from you know her her tweets and her statements, she she understands the 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 seriousness of this and the fact that she's got a property that people care about and yep. she needs to do a good job. Yep. Uh, and and you has to respect the material, which is I mean you hear that a lot from a lot of people when they're rebooting some kind of series. Oh, we gotta say you know true to the fans and all that. But I I I buy this the way that they're kind of going about it and just from what I've read. So. Uh, I, I'm on board for this, but everything's got to be good. Like if if you know a couple of missteps, and this this can no, be a bad. You're, thing. you're right, but like Amazon is is doing some doing some work lately. Like, yeah. did, did you watch Sneaky Pete? Going to be on Amazon? Uh, it is. It's Amazon, Amazon Studios. Yeah. Okay. Did you watch Sneaky Pete? Season I did two? watch Sneaky Pete season two, dude. I finished it. Shut up. Holy it was good. shit! It was so. I, I was. I was not about it until I think episode the last four episodes, like episode seven ish, right? And then I started to go, oh, this is amazing. But it was, it was a little lofty in the first few. Yeah, it definitely started out rough and 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 found its footing very quickly. After but it that. and it and it was amazing when it ended. Did a great right? job. Yep. There and go, I Brian. just finished. I just finished the tick, and that was something too. That I, I again started a little rocky, ended out really, really strong. S- really, since really we're good. since we're doing this, uh, and we're in screen to screen anyway. Brockmire, you can stream it on Hulu. Is stars Hank Azaria and Amanda Pete. You had me, yes. And he is a disgraced and exiled baseball broadcaster who gets pulled into this minor league team to try to revive his career. He's a complete alcoholic. I'm talking sun. Oh, up this to, sounds fun. Sun up to sundown. He's foul mouthed. It's, it's not, it's not censored. Um, right. It's got um, the kid from dope in it. Oh, okay, cool. Who's brilliant. He was, uh, everybody hates Chris, right? Yeah. 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 So he's awesome. It's just a really solid, solid story that makes you audibly chuckle once an episode twice an episode at minimum and it's not just hank azaria it's amanda pete like and i'm talking about you know sitting perfectly still and then all of a sudden you're (laughs) like an idiot it's it's really and hank azaria is brilliant you should watch the trailer i will now add a trailer to the show notes so go check the show notes you can go ahead and catch a trailer for that all right so I want to transition off of uh, streaming and TV, and I want to go ahead and talk a little bit about some movies. This one is also talking about a beloved property, uh, The Adventures of Bill and Ted. Uh, they're coming back for a third movie t- almost 25 years later. I'm sure you uh, hate this, don't you? No, this is awesome. I'm out This is awesome. This. this isn't waiting too long. I, I No, I don't know why. What? Brian. You're such a hypocrite. Yeah, jump, jump, <laughs> jump on the pile, Brian. This one I'm ready for. Listen, I listen, think this you one's can't fine. wait. You can't wait seven years to make a sequel. But 25's okay. Bill and Ted's such a different. Oh, yeah, whatever. That's I'll be not, a no. I'll be no, a hypocrite, you, whatever. You no, have no be, legs. That, that, there's truly no sorry, legs. Uh, and also, uh, confession I have never seen in a minute of these movies. Oh, wow. I've never seen a you, second I, of either this is, movie. Oh, this is fun. not a film franchise where I go like, "How have you not seen?" Like, yeah, well, okay. it's a, it's a, it's a cult classic, though. It no? is. But, so, like, but, like I get some of the jokes, but I, I, and I can, you know, I can quote certain things, the clips you see, but I, I have, I have not watched this either one of these I, movies. I think the reason I'm okay with this is because Keanu Reeves doesn't age at all, so it's He's, basically like, so it's I, basically wasting no time. I'm gonna see it, but now I have to watch the first two, and he was so shitty when he was a kid, like yeah. just a shitty actor, and now, like, I, I, look, is he a great actor? No, but like, I like the roles he plays. Yeah, and I don't know how else to articulate that. It like he's. He's, I and, loved and Alex the lake Winter house. just needs a paycheck. The Lake House was was very good. Yeah. <laughs> that was wonderful. It was very nice. Good Sandra Bullock in a magical top, mailbox. Top notch role for Keanu there. Brilliant. It so was, this third movie it was, is it, she should have had Billy? an Oscar. Is what it what it what it what should have. <laughs> <laughs> this third movie is called Bill and Ted Face the Music. 
I don't know. It's appropriate. The, the, the picture that they have is fantastic. It's the two of them uh, trapped in the telephone box. Uh, I, I don't know, man. I, I'll be a hypocrite, but I'm excited for this. I, I think this is going to be fun. And if not, it doesn't matter because this movie was always dumb and stupid anyway. So even if it's dumb and stupid, it's fine. You're dumb and stupid. Yeah, I like, yeah. I'd like to see Keanu Reeves do a little slapstick. That's okay. I mean, that's approved. I'll accept it. And it's and you're asking him to go whoa in a way that's not ironic. He literally has to say that because that's the character. You're not contriving him to do it. I'm on board for this. Brian, what about you? Are you at least excited to see Bill and I Ted mean, come back? I mean, I was I was not like the biggest fan of the originals. I enjoy them. Yeah, I'm on board. You see him doing an impression of his younger self the whole time. Ab- yeah, right. Absolutely. Like, I mean, he, or or like, or, or do you think he tries to play it straight? Like, that would be fucking hilarious. <laughs> if he's man. like trying Whoa. to play it straight, and then it just it just comes out of him. It's, oh, like like a like a, yeah, I'm perfectly fine. And then at the end, like halfway through the movie, it's like, well, dude, I can't believe it. Well, no, all. just like at awkward moments, and he's trying to play it off. Like, hey, look, 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 I'm an accountant now. I have clients. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's all excellent. Yeah, no, yeah, like Peter Pan, like Robin <laughs> Williams and Peter Pan, like that. That's that's the Bill and Ted's adventure I want to see. Ah, I like this better. I like this. I like where your head's going. Better? How can you like it better? All you have is a title. You don't know what they're <laughs> hey, doing. Hey, I better than what I had up here in my he brain. He likes it better than his idea. Yeah, absolutely. Said. I like it better than my idea. Well, yeah, because your idea was let's just take two giant grown men and have them act like children still. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the brilliance of time travel, right, CJ? Is that they could have been, this could have been tomorrow for them. Yeah. Right? Or they could be 100 years old. As long as they don't do uh, like a CGI'd younger version of themselves running into the old version of themselves. Oh, you know that's going to happen. No, don't Uncanny Valley this. It's never worked. It's never been good. The only time it ever worked was Kurt Russell in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. It's the only time that's ever worked. Robert Downey Jr. in Civil War. No, agreed. uh, No, it was great. He looked exactly like he looked in uh, uh, what? Back to school. Before that. Uh, what was before Back to School? Oh, man. Yeah. It's a great movie, too. God damn it. Something about zero. It wasn't less than zero. Less than it? zero. Less okay. than zero. Thank you. And it was You're a welcome. great fucking movie, and he looked like he looked in less than zero. Okay. So the uh, next bit I have for screen to screen is a movie called Upgrade. It is coming on June 1st to theaters. And I got to be honest, this, this looks pretty awesome. It seems like a small budget film that somehow, like, it's the people that made Happy Death Day. Uh, and Saul and Insidious. So, uh, I mean, you can imagine. We loved Happy Death Day. We did. Yes, yes we did. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know that until after I watched the trailer. But watching the trailer, the combination of gore and funny. It's very tongue in cheek. Oh, yeah. And with with so AI like, in his brain, like he's being making, very deadpan. He's making these faces and he's doing these. Th- that's the great thing. Yeah. He's, he has no that that first fight scene you see where he's like, I got, you know, I got this. This doesn't seem like a plan. Like he's got a, the thing in his head talking to him. It yeah. doesn't seem like a plan. And he ends up giving Dennis. up control. Yeah. Amazing. So, so the premise is the guy gets in a in, a, in an accident. Uh, loses the ability to walk. They put an implant inside of him that will help him walk, but also has AI. And then, uh, you know, the guy starts getting some some shit, and AI takes over, and now he's a he's a ninja. Well, and he's trying AI... to find the people who killed his wife. It's like a John Wick esque kind it's, of thing. Yeah, bit. except except replace dog with wife, <laughs> and replace John Wick with some fucker I don't know. You know this guy? How do I know Who's this it? guy? Where's he this was guy the from? shocker. No, really? Spider-Man Homecoming. No, he was not the shocker. Well, remember, there was, like, shocker number one and then shocker number two. There sure was, fucker. Okay, but that's... But shocker number one died, so he's no longer the shocker. Mm. But wait, wait, wait. But he was the Mm. shocker, Mm. then died. That makes him the shocker. Like, there's been a couple Robins. One died. He was Robin. No, there's a difference between Robins. They're still Robin. I right? actually have to click on see full cast to see this guy. So clearly it's <laughs> I nobody doubt. I should know. Logan Marshall Green. Yep. That's the guy that plays Gray Trace. Um, and where I actually fell in love with this dude is Dark Blue 
If you've ever seen that series, it was short lived, like maybe like 18, 20 episodes. But he was awesome in Dark Blue. So what I like about this trailer is it has a mixture of sci-fi. It has a mixture of action. It's got some good gore that I, I actually do appreciate. He's like Tom it, Hardy Jr. CJ. He does look like Tom Hardy Jr. And it's got some comedy in it, too. And it looks like this guy is able to pull off all of it. Yep. Uh, and and even though you can tell this movie had a low budget, it's working with every dime it had to deliver a great product. It looks Really, really good. I'm very excited for this movie. No, I mean, is this like a movie pass movie? Are you were actually going to, you know, pay. No, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna use my movie pass, but I'll okay. Make no, other no, no, okay. Pay. No, no, no. But I'll make no. Uh, where, no, wait, no, 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 no. The only no, way no, I can pay no, for this, I'm not holding is if on. It's an IMAX. I'm not putting on. this in IMAX. I want to see on. this. I, I do want to see this in the theater. I would pay to see this in the theater. Ah. You don't get to say you're really excited about something if you're not going to pay to see it. I am paying to see it. They're getting my full money. But th- that's not how that works. All right. So now we're going to talk about the world of comics, how it's affecting TV, how it's affecting movies, but how it's also affecting you, the listener. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Cape Talk. Cape Talk. The reason it's not just affecting Brian this week is we actually have a fan who came in and left a message, had some questions, a little bit of follow up that he wanted to say about our conversation last week about DC and Marvel. Hey, what's up? It's Jamala. I have a, uh, a comment on the, the how DC is always using like uh, Batman and Superman and forgetting about the other characters and everything. So I think, uh, you know, Wonder Woman was a great movie. And I think um, they're going to do good with Aquaman because it's not Batman, it's not Superman, it's not the main focus, it's not a lot of pressure. And it's kind of like how Marvel started off with um, Iron Man, and nobody really followed Iron Man at the time, and they were able to develop this into this big, huge, you know, universe because they had characters to build off of, you know, when they were doing the, the X-Men and everything like that, and then they just made everything better with the Iron Man, and then, you know, uh, Captain America, and then putting Thor, you know, they, they reintroduced these characters, but, you know, focused on them, and they weren't like, you know, the main ones for, for Marvel. So, so my thing was, um, I think that... If they do like a Flash movie or a Cyborg movie, they got more of a a, a chance to do a, a good movie without having to worry about all of the stigmas that come with the 85 Batman movies and the 26 Superman movies and everything like that. All right. Just my comment. So, I mean, Jamal's point uh, kind of boils down to the fact that because Aquaman really doesn't have a huge background and and movie audiences don't have high expectations for them just like iron man they can be a little more relaxed with this take a couple chances right and and see what that do same thing with cyborg and and same thing with the flash um i'm very curious to hear what you guys think about this because i i think there's something to it but uh i'm i'm not 100 percent sold on that idea yet um i i was the one that was talking about DC just rolls out Batman versus Superman, Batman and Superman. Actually, um, that was that's on me. So if 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 this is where the idea came from, I, what I would say is a, it's a valid point. There's been a lot of these movies. They can do good stuff. Wonder Woman was a you know critically acclaimed movie. I didn't like it. We know that. However, she is their best chance of diversifying. The the thing is, Marvel had a lot of attempts. It wasn't just what we know now. Like, they've been working on this universe for a long time. So, they had some missteps. Maybe that's where we're at. Maybe in 10 years, DC's amazing. I don't know. But right now, it's still Batman and Superman. You're absolutely right. They can do some great movies, but they'd have to actually do them, and they're they're struggling. I think you're right on the money, Jamala, that Aquaman and Cyborg don't carry such a huge clout. They're not the tier one characters that people know like Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. Uh, I'll put the Flash in there, too. Uh, they don't have a huge following, so take some risks, make some choices, 
see what see what plays out, right? Like uh, the second Thor movie was a bad movie. I I, I, I didn't enjoy it at all. Uh, so you can go ahead and, and take some risks with some of these unknown characters. The Flash, Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman carry a lot of baggage with them, and and right now, especially the Flash, because there's an active television series that's, that's awesome. so good. Yep. Um, but you're right. I I think the fact that those are different characters that just like you said, you haven't seen thirty or twenty six times on movie and TV and film, and you haven't seen them everywhere. Uh, you can definitely take some risks. But uh, I, I've always landed on. The fact that if DC, though, doesn't do the next couple movies right, if they don't do Aquaman right, no, I like the buy-in for Flash and the buy-in for future movies is going to go lower and lower and lower every time. There's only a couple of times it can get burned. I agree with that. Brian, what about you? <clears throat> oh, he said, like, clearing <laughs> his throat. He's, All right, he's clearing the throat, up. stretching. Mala, first off, thank you for calling in. I always <laughs> appreciate hearing your silky smooth voice over the headphones here. Um... And I think, you know, you, you what you say has a lot of merit and a, a lot of very well thought out points that you've made. I'm going to say this. I don't think we can compare the Aquaman, the Flash and the Cyborgs uh, to your Iron Mans, your Captain Americas and your Thors for this reason alone. Yes, Iron Man was not a very known character. We're still talking about, you know, very underplayed characters in the DC universe. But the thing that Marvel did right was that that story is an amazing story and it is a human story. Yep. And that's what gravitated people towards that movie. And that is why we have the Marvel Universe the way we do. If Iron Man fails, we don't have a Captain America. We don't have a Thor. DC is in a completely different spectrum right now where they have proven bef- even way before Man of Steel that they can successfully do their movies on screen. You had four successful Batman movies. You had four successful Superman movies, several TV shows, several animated series that were all very story-driven and very um, popular, for for lack of a better word. I mean, the Dark Knight series made a ton of money. So I don't... I don't necessarily agree that there's not a ton of weight with these movies. I think there is. I think this is the most important time for DC to show that they can do a character, not Batman, not Superman, and not screw it up. If the story isn't there, it's not it, It's not going to be like, oh, hey, it's okay. We'll just get another crack at it with The Flash. It, it, it's, it's not going to do well because the only people at that point who will see it are the true believers, as Josh likes to point out, that I am. Um, the reason Iron Man was so successful is because the true believers saw it, and then they saw it again, and they brought their non-true believer friends, and then those people started talking. Iron Man was not like this overnight success like we know every every single Marvel movie to be now. It wasn't opening at you know millions and millions of dollars. It was one of these gradual things that kind of happened, and people talked about it, and that's you know why we got what we have now, and that's why we all love it. We DC has had now three three times, technically four if you include DC or Man of Steel, up at that at bat. Man of Steel was received lukewarm at best, not just by true believers, but by general fans of Superman. Batman v Superman was not received very well at all, and Suicide Squad and Justice League were downright panned and didn't make a ton of money. So unless they can get back to telling stories about the character, they're screwed. Every single DC movie we enjoy, it's very character-centric. It's not just about the cape and cow. It's about the character. We love the Dark Knight series. That movie is about Bruce Wayne and his journey and his, you know, the fact what he has to do to overcome great evil Throughout that series. That's not what we've gotten out of DC so far. And unless they can flip that. And that's why Wonder Woman was so good. Because Wonder Woman was a, a human story. You connected with her. And you connected with Chris Pine and Steve Trevor. And that entire group. It's going to be really difficult to do that with Aquaman. Because Aquaman is not a character that anybody can relate to. They got to make this guy extremely human. At least with Tony Stark and Captain America. They were very human stories. So by the time you got to Thor... You were like, all right, I'm in. I could take I could take a little bit of the fantasy. You can get a little fantastical. You can take risks, and I'll enjoy it. 
Aquaman is essentially Thor underwater. And they haven't had the, the successes with their previous movies to have people automatically buy in and say, yeah, I'll go see an Aquaman movie. Because, just because your hammer doesn't work underwater. Oh, my God. The, you, I was making strong- a very good point, and now you've just made me angry. <laughs> yeah, you can't lift it. You can't, you're not strong enough. Not underwater. Here, here, here's my point. I think Aquaman has a lot more weight than everybody's thinking about it. I think if this fails, we don't get to a Flash movie. No, I, I, I really that. do, especially since the Flash movie has gone through four or five directors at this point. And uh, and and unfortunately, Brian, I'm I'm somewhat juxtaposed here because Batman and Superman are sort of the original human stories. I agree. Um, so DC was originally telling these stories. You're, to your point, they did it again with Wonder Woman, which brought them back. The thing that we need the most. Is 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 not an underwater man. It's it's Flash. It, that's the human story that we actually need. True, and but, but and again, that's not what's going to happen. Well, okay, but like I I just I don't think I don't think that if Aquaman fails, we don't get Flash. I think we need Flash either way. I think DC knows that because it's a more human story, and they've been telling the more human stories since before Marvel was you know doing anything. So, like, I I absolutely agree with the human story aspect. I don't think that one fails because the other failed. Okay. Right? I'm just not willing to relinquish that belief. I, I just think this is that if I were a studio exec and I looked at all the movies that I had out and I look at box office numbers, critical reviews, and user reviews, and I see the trend of... Okay, out of these six movies, only one of them really did extremely well. One of them was okay, and two of them were completely panned. Yeah. And now this one is a failure, too. If I'm a studio exec, I'm going to say, why should I continue with the extent, this DC Extended Universe to begin with? I think we may get a... Let me rephrase. We might get a Flash movie. If this fails, it won't be a part of this Extended Universe. They will scrap this entire universe and they'll either start from scratch or they'll just tell individual stories which is fine dc needs to figure out what they need to do that went dark fast yeah that's what they need to do honestly they need to figure out what they are because they're never going to be marvel marvel is too too big of a powerhouse at this point too big at this point so they can't just carbon copy what marvel's doing and that's what they've been trying to do so far for lack of a better term unsuccessfully they need to figure uh, out their own spin on this. In your theory, do I still get DC movies? Yes. In the theater? Yes. That aren't animated? Correct. Oh, all right. Sign me up. There you go. Wait a minute. So let's continue on this DC train. Uh, and I want to talk a little bit about some uh, some rumors that are going around the Joker origin movie that's going to be directed by Todd Phillips. For those of you know who don't know who Todd Phillips is, he was the director of The Hanover. Hang on. Let me but- guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. Um joker harley quinn and some random thug go to vegas one night they all get blackout (laughs) drunk and joker's missing and now harley quinn and the two random thugs are trying to find him and they get into all sorts of zany antics that that sounds like that would actually be a movie i would almost maybe watch like maybe i get drunk and watch that movie but instead what you're getting is 20 years before batman saved the city in the dark knight trilogy Gotham was basically a crime-ridden place, and we're getting an origin movie that's a prequel to the Dark Knight saga. I don't like that at all. No, whatever. No, not all right. Yep. Why is it not all right? I'll tell you why it's not all right. Go ahead, please. Because the whole point of the closing scene of Batman Begins, that conversation he has with Jim Gordon about escalation and showing him that Joker card is the fact that because you came here in a in a cowl and a cape, now the criminals are going to escalate and do the same type of thing. Before then, Joker wasn't Joker. Could have been a criminal. I don't whatever. I don't I don't know because the whole majest majestique of the Joker is that we don't know where he came from and what he's been doing. You're not gonna get a joke if if this is indeed going to hold true to that last scene in Batman Begins, you're not gonna get the Joker. You're going to just get a random thug who eventually becomes the Joker. Yeah, let me read this synopsis. 20 years before the Batman saved the city in the Dark Knight trilogy, Gotham was in a dangerous place. 
It's a crime-ridden uh, narrows. One man tries to escape his unfortunate lot through a passion for theatrics and stand-up comedy. God however, damn it, Brian. However, one day and one bad joke is all it takes in this city, and soon a well-meaning man will become the most dangerous criminal of all, the Joker. Brian just fucking lawyered me. <laughs> the, 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 the fucking defense rests. He wins. <laughs> I, I don't even, like, I, I no longer have an opinion that is my own about this. <laughs> Jesus. So, uh, we got that to look forward to. That's That's great. That's... Yeah, I'm not about this now at all. And, and ah, let's move on to something else. God, can okay, you have you like want... a sunshine happy topic for me, please? <laughs> I'll try. No, no, no. My brain was just scooped out with a fucking grapefruit spoon. Can, can you give me something to make me happy? Um, I, I will. I will try. I've got. A, I got some Marvel news. We got some Marvel stuff here for Cape Talk, and the uh, one is the the Russo brothers have put out an open letter, which I think is fantastic. Uh, basically asking you to not spoil Avengers Infinity War. As a matter of fact, they say Thanos demands your silence. Uh, just really, just respectfully saying, seriously, don't ruin this. A lot of people worked very hard to keep this movie secret, to not let the plot get out. Tom Holland didn't even know who the hell he was acting with until he arrived on set. That's also because Tom Holland is terrible at, at keeping secrets, so that, that seems about right. It's so hard to continue on when you're doing that, but I love it. Um, so we just they just said, please, a lot of people worked very hard. Please don't spoil the movie. I'm fine with this. This needs to be a thing for all movies. Well, but I guess that's why I'm not okay with it, because isn't it just like it's just common decency. There are two kinds of people in the world. Well, they're, they're, I mean? even, they're even going further than just asking people. They're only going to be they're doing these small screenings before the actual premiere. But the small screeners are only going to be little tiny nuggets. It's just CJ, like a couple minutes of the CJ, movie. we can agree that there are two kinds of people in this world, right? Those right. that spoil movies and other-ish and those that don't. Right. Okay. The ones that spoil, what should happen to those people? I think they should uh, have their legs chewed off by a tiny chihuahua and they can't move the whole time. Yeah. They should die, uh, uh, you know, buried in fire ants. Wow. <laughs> Wow, wait, wait, are they right. are they dead? Are they and dead when the fire ants are introduced? Yeah, what's the order of operations for the fire ants? Are the fire ants are the cause of death? Yeah, uh, is that how that works? CJ, if you will harken back to Sons of Anarchy, I believe it was season two, there was a sort of a ritual where a man was buried in the ground and yes. just eaten by fire ants. Fire ants. I, he was alive the whole time. Uh, okay, we just wanted to clarify. No, I've clarified. Okay, I appreciate your clarification. I expect pain to the spoiler people. Brian, are you condoning death by fire ants? I'm a decent human being, so I don't spoil things. Right, I'm saying for the people See, who do spoil. See, that's what I'm saying. There's two kinds of people in the world, Brian. I mean... Pass judgment on Yeah, the those, people, those people deserve to be punched in the face repeatedly <laughs> by Thanos. <laughs> wearing by the glove. Thanos. By There's how the they die. Really, punched in the sense. face repeatedly by Thanos. Thanos. Yep, death. Okay, next part is moving on to uh, the Venom movie. A lot has been coming out about this movie. People basically trying to do damage control before anything ever really comes out. I still don't believe this is a Venom movie. (laughs) Well, good. I still think it's just Tom Hardy. It's not the Venom movie now. It's now a Venom and Carnage movie. Yeah, that's been a rumor forever. That was going to happen either way. Uh, right, but uh, the actor that apparently has been confirmed to be playing uh, Carnage is Woody Harrelson. I, I mean, he can be menacing, but I, I mean, like, did like you that- see War for the Planet of the Apes? No. Oh, okay. solid. Because my reference was Natural Born Killers. That actually, okay, that, that's actually uh, at you least take just that character, good. amp up this craziness just a little bit. And you, you got Carnage. You take him and you multiply him by uh, Mickey Knox from Natural Born Killers. That's what you do. Correct. All right. Okay. I feel good oh, about this Oh, and now. maybe maybe you toss in some of the character he played in The Hunger Games just for kicks. <laughs> and with a, just a little sprinkle of the crazy man on the mountaintop from 2012. Oh, and maybe a line from Larry Flint. There you do go. Do you get any Scanner Darkly on this at all? No Scanner Darkly, but perhaps a little indecent proposal. <laughs> okay. Point being, a lot of you have now have a lot of Woody Harrelson movies to watch. Point being, 
he's played a character like this before. He just yep. he knows how to do it. He can I, be menacing. He and, can be and, crazy. And, right. And, and, frankly, come and frankly, the actual the, the actual carnage bit is all going to be CGI anyway. Yeah, you, you put him in. You put him in. You the put suit, him in mocap. So. Yeah, right. mocap. Here's the bigger problem with this god freaking movie. All right. <laughs> I still yes. haven't seen fucking Venom. They have confirmed. He shut he, up. Actually, the I movie. don't care. No, they haven't confirmed because yeah. here's what happened. They were I doing share Brian's Tom, Tom, No, Tom no, Hardy actually, actually came out no, no, and said, no, of no, course. I, I know what Tom Hardy said. I know what Tom Hardy said. Tom Hardy said whatever Sony paid him to fucking say, okay? Because some guy on the set of Venom came out and said, well, you know, Venom's not really in this movie. He's kind of just like at the end, which I say, fuck that. To which Tom Hardy then, i.e., Sony speaking through Tom Hardy said like that that puppet. is an asinine comment. If I don't get enough venom in this movie, I'm going to lose my shit. I need another trailer. You want to do damage control? I need another trailer that shows venom. A real trailer that actually tells me what the goddamn movie's about. Show us venom is what we said for I don't know how many episodes ago. That's true. But, but that's what we said. We Brian and I both said there's no venom. Yeah. And, and then I was like, blah, 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 and then realized I was an idiot. So, yes, I, I agree with you. As many of our conversations go, yes. Yep. Me go, blah, 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 blah. I'm an idiot. Which is, yeah. I have that tattooed on me somewhere. <laughs> I'll let you figure out where. Okay. Last <laughs> My bit. My of- on the no-no zone. <laughs> Last bit of Marvel news comes with our, our good old pal, Nick Cage, talking about the role that made him scratch at the door. Uh, talking about Ghost Rider. I'm not going to do it. So he said, uh, you know, Ghost Rider was a movie that should have always been rated R. Uh, David Goyer and I had a fantastic script that I want to do, but for whatever reason, we weren't allowed to do it. I think they should make it a hard R movie. Deadpool was rated R, and that did great. Ghost Rider was designed by a, as, to be a scary superhero with a rated R cutting edge, and they should hire somebody, obviously not me, to do this. I'm good with that. I'm fine with Nick Cage saying he doesn't want to do Ghost Rider. Everything Nick Cage just said. Absolutely. I totally think that's a great idea. But then I read somewhere that they're thinking about introducing him to the Netflix universe. I said, I'm okay with that too. So Sony had the rights to Ghost Rider, lost it. It's back to Marvel. The only time that Marvel has used it was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which was actually really good. Did you? Did, no. Did, no one, no no one, one has ever Agents watched Agents of Shield. Nobody watches Shield Agents of Shield ever. except for the people who okay. are on Agents all right, of all right, Shield. All right, all right. I watch Agents of Shield. And the Ghost Rider stuff was actually really good. It wasn't Johnny Blaze. It was Robbie Reyes, who is the current, most recent Ghost Rider. All right. You can do a Ghost Rider movie with Johnny Blaze and still have Robbie Reyes Ghost Rider. You would just set it as like a prequel. Or you could be a concurrent because there's been multiple times where multiple people have been possessed by the Ghost Rider. And have it be Johnny Blaze if you want to do Johnny Blaze or shit. You can do Danny Ketch if you want. I don't care. There's been about four or five different Ghost Riders throughout the comic books. There, there are two main problems with those first two movies. One, the fact that it was rate, wasn't rated R. And two is the fact that it, it was Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage, God love him. He is a huge John, uh, Ghost Rider fan. We get it. You love the character. That doesn't mean you should play the character. Right. I'm going to I'm gonna interject this. That... There were two books I read as a kid, like a young, like super young kid, right? They probably shouldn't have been reading Ghost Rider and Punisher. But like when I wanted to feel like I was living on the edge there. Living on the edge. Those were the books that I read because brutality wise, you really don't get much worse than Ghost Rider and Punisher as far as Marvel is concerned. These guys Mm -hmm. are not heroes. No, they scratch doors. They scratch doors, right? So Ghost Rider, I-, I want you to picture the best Punisher that we've ever seen. We can all agree is John Bernthal, right? Yep. Correct. So they make a Punisher movie with John Bernthal. Is that getting a PG-13? No. Not a chance. Like, you're going to have to work to keep it out of the NC-17 range. <laughs> like, it's going to be brutal. This needs to be that brutal. And Nick Cage, look, if he wants to EP, that's fine. But you can't be anywhere near it. We need, yeah, I don't know, man. We need like a John Bernthal type, you know, 
We this need one. Aaron Paul as Ghost Rider, damn it. Aaron Paul as Ghost Rider is totally acceptable because it's my idea. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I'm thinking now we need probably probably somebody edgier. So like we should we should actually like try to figure out who should be Ghost Rider and actually do that. We should just make that show. Uh, you want that? I turn that to the fans and I say, hey, you listener. Yes, you. I'm talking to you. Hope you're at a red light. I want to know who you think should play Ghost Rider. Tweet at us at that kind of nerd. Go to Facebook, Facebook.com slash that kind of nerd. Or if you don't trust any of those, just text us. Our number's in the show notes. So I'm curious to hear who you think should be Ghost Rider. Yes, you. I'm serious. I want to hear something from you. Sorry to be mean. I just want an answer. <laughs> I won't ghost you. I promise. All right. As we all know, I love to go around the internet. I like to find the weird. I like to find the obscure. And then I ask for a tech perspective. Ah, you come out to the theme. All right. I have the show notes up in front of me. Universal Studios has announced a Stranger Things. Wow, that's weird for me to say. Universal Studios has announced a Stranger Things themed maze. Easy for me to say. Coming to this year's Halloween Horror Nights. Um, this looks pretty, pretty awesome. Uh, I would love to go to the upside down and it seems like this is the closest thing that's, that's going to let me do that. You would love to go to the upside down. Yeah. Just to visit, you know, just to take a couple pictures, get my passport. I, I think stamped. you need to watch that show again. This whole thing seems terrifying. Oh yeah. Uh, no, it was just great for Halloween right? haunted shit. Awesome. It's Union universal. So I get to ride some cool rides. Awesome. Love it. It's fantastic. I don't actually want to go to the upside down. <laughs> a terrible idea. That, not this. This is I a great that. idea. So this is coming to uh, Orlando, Hollywood, and then in Singapore later. Uh, but on September 14th uh, here in the States, um, this seems really, really cool. I don't want to be terrified on vacation. What is happening? People love that though. People, people go. People will drive. Okay. Those that's those miles. People. I'm to be here's scared. me. Here's me not doing that. I know people who drive feet to be scared. <laughs> go to Dorney. Um, no, this seems. I mean, uh, to be honest, if you want a park that's going to do a horror thing, I, I I'm cool. Universal doing that. So people who know how to to get their shit together and make some really cool themes. So I'm down for this. You wouldn't go at all, Josh. You this, know this, the this, ne- you know what the next thing is, right? What's the next thing? A Netflix theme park. Oh. You're going to have like Stranger God, Things. God, Black Mirror, land. Stranger Things all in the same park already. Altered Carbon. House of Cards. Can I go hang out in there? I I was actually uh, thinking about spending a little bit of time with, uh, you know, Robin Wright up, up in there. No? Uh, so listen, get, get book, book your flights, get your tickets. September 14th, get yourself down to Orlando or get yourself over to Hollywood uh, and go Don't check out what uh, to do. Stranger Things. I'll, you what? Brian, get on a flight and go. Again, I'm sorry to be demanding. I just want you to have a good time. Okay. That was easy enough. See ya. It is now time, ladies and gentlemen, for that kind of nerd to give a topic, a subject, a product, whatever. The third degree in a segment that we call the nerd degree. Is that too much of a dad joke? Is that? Is it like, ah? Ah? Well, well, you've been doing it for months, so I guess it. Uh, I mean, we can always change I, the delivery. Kind of, I'm just asking. Kind of the way it is now. Uh, <laughs> now we just have to live. This is just what we do. Uh, I guess it's time for like do do the do the pun. So, if technology wasn't scary enough, uh, students at uh, researchers at MIT have made a product called Alter Ego, which is an interfacing interfacing device through silent speech. Josh, I think you found this thing. Can you please explain it to the people at home and and what the hell is going on with this? Well, I did find it. And essentially, this device picks up on neuromuscular signals in the jaw and your face that are triggered by what you're essentially thinking. This thing takes what you're thinking and puts it on paper. Like there's a couple uh, drones and stuff that you can buy these little ones that you put wear a little headband and then you think the word up for like ten minutes you think the word down left and right and then it kind of learns how yeah, your brain is thinking. And I, I gotta that. tell you, buddy, uh, flying flying yeah. a drone is not the same thing no. as expressing a thought. Yeah. And I don't like this is creepy. This it, is black mirror uh, stuff right here. So, like, what I want to urge everybody to do or maybe not do is look up 
this specific topic on on Reddit and and read read some of the comments because it's hilarious, right? Because imagine, imagine all the people you're you're working you're working on you're dictating something in your head, right? How often in the middle of a thought do you get distracted <laughs> by, by something or someone Squirrel. walking past you and then you have a series of other thoughts about that and now that's all on paper for everyone to see, maybe, right? So like but for me, it's not so much creepy as everybody's going to know how fucking sick I actually am in the head because this is all going to be on paper right and and the the your fear isn't isn't in isn't in the moment when you're you know privately doing some quiet work sending an email no 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 this is going to happen to me when i'm in the middle of editing a google doc shared by 30 other fucking people <laughs> and it's just going to be you know I, I really think we need to revitalize and adapt the, you know, what would be great for dinner is a mushroom risotto. <laughs> you know, mushroom risotto reminds me of the time that we were in Philly and we stayed at park. Oh, there was a naked, the naked run that day. There were so many dicks <laughs> all in the Google doc. And then, and then you're going to see, because it's collaborative. Ooh, right. naked. That's dicks. what I'm saying. There's going to be a string of comments now about the shit. That this device I'm wearing on my head just did. Brian, I would love to hear your thoughts. I don't think this is for us. I think I I think I think if I think if they're trying to market this to Joe Schmo, everyday person, that makes no freaking sense. Like this is perfect for paralyzed people, you know, people in vegetative states who still have like control of the muscles in their face. Like that's awesome for this. You went they, like super altruistic. Oh yeah, he's going. Yeah, here's All the right. thing, Brian. They, I was being totally selfish, which you are clearly not, <laughs> Brian. They they've actually said we basically can't live without our cell phones. And if I want to look something up that's relevant to a conversation I'm having, I have to hold up my phone and type in a password and put an. App. They're totally saying let's replace cell phones and just make this the thing that's always okay. On your that's head. just fucking weird, right? No. They're not being like, oh, you know, I wonder if people who can't communicate or maybe people who have disabilities are good. Really go ahead and get some value out of this and be a, you know, a little more uh, put into society in an acceptable manner. Nope. They're just like, I'm tired of using my cell phone to text and I want my brain to just be like, send nudes, please. That's what I want. If that is indeed how they're marketing this, like, hey, everybody should have this. That's terrifying. This is how I don't want. Starts. I don't want people to know my thoughts. I barely, I barely want to know my thoughts. Like it, it's, as soon as you put that on your head, by the way, Facebook knows your thoughts. <laughs> yeah, indeed. So as a, as a standard unit unit of measure, with the way that they are actually marketing this, I give this six unwarranted dick pics. Now I want to make sure six is not good. No, not nobody not good. wants that many dicks. No. Okay. Sure, everybody understands that. As 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 I always grade things, uh, I'll grade it in um, pictures of angsty people on Tinder sending me hairy hairy photos. And the most I've had is seven in a day. So I'm going to give this sixteen hairy photos. <laughs> oh, um, uh, using our uh, standard unit metric, I'm going to give this one uh, blue waffle. Oh. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. I, God, I wanted to go lemon party, and I refrained and because I was trying to keep it to like no. social media type. Enjoy. Oh God! Please don't Google that. Don't do it. I, I think the problem is you said don't no, do it. Don't please don't 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 Google it. Just, yeah, you're awfully you demanding this episode. You really shouldn't listen. You really shouldn't Google. It. I'm definitely, doing it for your own safety. Don't Google, don't Google it. it. Nobody wants you to see what no. is contained. You realize when Papa Thornton Googles this, you're all. Screwed. Oh, God, please. Papa Thornton, don't Google it. I'm serious. Don't. I'm so sorry. So sorry. Okay. <laughs> that was your doing. Uh, I'm going to get angry letters. Angry letters. This is normally where I tell you, hey, thanks so much for making us your walk around neighborhood, your drive to work. But there is one more topic that we wanted to talk about that I want to save for the end of the show. And that is 
I want to go ahead and have a little bit of a spoiler cast about Ready Player One, the movie. Just have a little discussion uh, about it, not taking up a ton of time. But if you haven't seen the movie, uh, I advise you bounce. Uh, Josh is uh, Josh is going on a street corner somewhere. Go do cool things, Josh. (laughs) (laughs) Never asked for any of this. Uh, I also have some some uh, listener uh, thoughts that I, I want to share as well. But uh, Brian, I, I just want to start with your your first impressions and just what you thought of the film. I loved it. End of review. <laughs> uh, no, it was no, really I, good. It was really fun. It was really like it was just like lighthearted. It, it was everything that we know Spielberg can do. You know, it was just cool. It was it was it was the story. Even though they changed a ton about the story from the book, mm-hmm. it was the the same story, which I always equate to Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, but with VR. Um, and there was a lot of really cool, clearly like the pop culture references and everything were, were really cool. You know, seeing like a new cat. Oh, oh my gosh, there's that person and there's that person. That was a lot of fun. But uh, I mean, overall, it was an awesome, you know, story. Uh, Great acting. I like the kid uh, who played Wade. I can't remember his name right now. I just, he's Cyclops. Um, yeah, I, I know who else he plays. I don't remember his actual person type name. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I love that theater saying I, I definitely want to see this again. Me so, too. I mean, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I, I think uh, <laughs> I think I have a great uh, comment here on Facebook that really kind of summed up the experience. Uh this woman said, I liked it. Uh, my husband, though, has been obsessed with it and has been talking about this movie for weeks. Uh, that person, of course, is my wife. Uh, I have uh, I love the book uh, immensely and I, I loved the movie. I liked the changes that they made. I thought it was acceptable for making it into a film. Uh, and I thought that the the nerdy references were were nerdy, but not not a way that would uh, alienate people. I thought right. the changes were, were pretty good. Uh, John Curcio also said the same thing. He said, uh, well, clearly they uh, they made a play towards the nerdy crowd. It was accessible to casual audiences. Uh, some critics uh, give it credit for that, although some people were calling it, quote, the example, the wor- excuse me, some people were calling it an example of the worst aspects of gaming culture, and I respectfully disagree with those people. So No, I don't I don't think that that was the case at all. Like, I think I agree. I don't even think it really glorified the gaming culture. I, I didn't view that as a gaming movie. Yeah. And the part and the, and the fact about the the references like yeah, there was a ton of references that like only I would know. Right. I don't expect Joe Schmo to know who the Battle Toads are. <laughs> right, yeah. But I do expect Joe Schmo to recognize the DeLorean and right. King Kong and things like Sonic that like and Chucky. So there's there's there was plenty in there for everybody. Like there was a reference in there that everybody could get and could latch onto. Like oh my gosh, that's really cool. That's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I don't know why are the comment the, about the gaming other one I got was uh, I really liked it, but I hadn't read the book, which I heard is very different. But this is coming from someone who knows nothing about video games, and I think they did a great job making it entertaining for a broader audience. That was Ashley. Thank you, Ashley. Uh, and then uh, I did get a couple of people though that had some some critical things to to say about the film. So Vicky. So Vicky said, while I had just read the book uh, in its entirety the day before, so I'm not sure if that if that helped or not, uh, I didn't like how they changed all the, the key finding challenges, especially the car race. Um, instead of expanding it to make it a little more generic, visually it was cool, but I hated the changes to the story. Uh, so Vicky was like, hey, you know, I, I got a problem with that. Uh, Amy said, while I say it was entertaining, I found it empty when it came to the overall plot and message. The book emphasizes the obsession of the 80s culture and how it's influenced future generations. But the movie threw in a lot of current 90s references that seemed out of place. Plus the whole shining scene. Lame. So let me just let me just Vicky first, because where I, I understand where you're coming from. You want it to be more true to the book. I get that. But if I recall correctly, the first challenge in the book was them playing Joust. Yeah. And the second challenge of the book was them pretty much reenacting war games, which in a book format makes sense. Like you can kind of put yourself in in those shoes. I want you to imagine the last time you watched a person play a video game. I want you to imagine the last time you sat there and watched somebody play Pong. Right. Because that's really what Joust was. It's boring. It's like, oh, okay, great. And I can watch it for about three minutes and then I'm done. Like, 
The changes they made to the challenges were necessary to make the movie engaging and dynamic for a movie audience. There is no way I'm going to watch somebody just play a, a game like Joust. And I've seen war games. If I want to watch war games, I'll watch war games. Like, I don't need to see them reenact it in a VR simulation. Right. Where, where I respect the opinion, I, I respectfully disagree. I think those changes were necessary to make this a successful movie and to make it an engaging movie. Yeah, and as far as Amy's comment goes, listen, I, I've I've only seen The Shining once, so I, I I'm I've never been a diehard fan of it, so I I don't share your uh, derision of that scene. That that's fine, um, but. Again, to make it more accessible to today's audiences, ultra, ultra nerds like me and me and CJ are get the 80s references and we're really in depth in that pop culture. But we weren't born in the 80s. I was born in 86. You were born in what? 88? 88. Yeah. So we didn't get to live that. We only know that because we're, we're intense fans of pop culture and we, we suck all that stuff in, including stuff from like the 80s and 70s and, and before your average moviegoer doesn't do that. Well, so if you throw in some 90s references in there, that's something that they can latch on to. That's something they can attach to. Well, the other part, too, is the 80s, the 80s and the 90s happened the way that they actually happened, right? And the obsession in this culture of the 1980s didn't happen until 2020, and right? And until Halliday actually died. That's when people started caring about the 1980s. So the 90s happened the way that they happened. The, the Oasis didn't exist in the 90s. Uh, so I, I think that's why the '90s references are there because it, it happened the same way it happened in our reality. Yeah, and if and and from a movie making standpoint, if you're gonna if you need to do that, you need to go so much more in depth on Holiday and his obsession with the '80s and, and pop culture, and that's that's just way too much screen time to really like understand it and then understand why people are researching this stuff. Um, I thought the way they did it in the movie was fine. Two, two more uh, comments from fans uh, oh, about wow, the movie. We still got Our, more. Fr- what? I said, wow, we still got more. Okay. Just two more. Uh, a friend of the show, TD, uh, he said that mm-hmm. uh, he, he loved the story. Uh, he liked the fact that people could band together just to play a game. Uh, the visuals and the small references that were made were, were enjoyable. Uh, it was a little bit predictable, but overall an amazing movie. His only gripe is uh, the, the romance might have been a little bit too much, but it didn't bother him. Uh, so that's that's no problem. Uh, and last, but certainly not least, our good friend Jamala uh, reached out to him, and I said, hey, how would you think about Ready Player One? And said, incredible, fun, refreshing, one of the best movies I've seen this year. Not sure the movie or the book was better, but enjoyed it. So, bottom line... And then line, Jamala actually uh, pinned me down and said, hey, thank you for recommending the book. I told CJ to thank you for me, but he said he wasn't going to because he was the one that recommended it to you. That's right. You're an asshole. <laughs> Why? Just because you recommend something to me, I can't recommend it to other people? No, sir. I demanded you read that book for a long time, and I was met with resistance, and then you finally read it and, and liked it. Because I don't read unless Batman's on the page. It's very good. Here's, here's what I'll, I'll, I'll get at. Um, from this very small sample that we have, and, and obviously we, we do want to hear from uh, some of you as well, uh, the movie was, was well-received around people, and there's always little gripes that you could pull apart. Uh, I think this movie is not... Does, you do not have to be a nerd or a hardcore person to understand references from video games and comics to enjoy this movie. I think it is a movie first, a good movie first, and then pop culture references second. Uh, and I think it's done in that order. Uh, and it could and have that, very easily gone the other way, which yeah, was nice oh, to see. It could have very easily been, here's all this pop culture with a sh- not enough development of story or character, right. and it would have been a terrible movie. So, uh, yeah. And I, I, I don't I like the the some of the changes too from the book. I like the fact that uh, Artemis has a more uh, proactive and, and stronger role in in the movie too. Uh, they gave her an extra cool scene that really just made her a big badass, which uh, I was I was greatly appreciated of. Uh, I highly recommend after you watch the movie, go get the book. I, I think you'll I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah, she gets to do the whole escape escape IOI stuff from yeah, IOI which, which that Wade. Wade does in the book. Yeah. Um, so very, very, or, and her just also not being a Mary Sue who are kind of being like a little bit of a Leia. They're like, we're here to rescue you today. Like, That's great. I've got shit to go do. I've got to go save the world. Can you give me a moment? And then you can rescue me, rescue me later. I'm, I'm out of here. Yeah. Um, so absolutely enjoyed it. I, I would always, I always want to hear what people think about this, this movie, this book. Uh, it is one of my all time favorites. 
Uh, so please. I want to hear what people think about CJ taking credit from me. Uh, yep. No, sounds right. Sounds I'm good. Saying. Saying. All right. Well. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the nerdy world this week. I want to thank you so much for making us your walk around your neighborhood or your drive to work. We will see you all next week. If you love comics and sci-fi and technology, television, video games, and fantasy, well, take a listen to our show. I'm sure you'll see there's many points where we can agree. Like that Martha as a plot point was just too absurd. And Apple versus Android is a case to be heard. And that Josh Trank's new Fantastic Four was a turd. Well, welcome to the club, because you were that kind of nerd. Sibilance. Sibilance. Toast. Toast. The Toast. human torch was denied a bank loan. <laughs> <laughs> and Brian's doing the full-on dog pile tonight jeez what side of whose bed did you wake up on i wake up on my own bed on the same side every day me too it's a movie reference sir a one position sleeper me too it's a good good thing if we ever need to share a hotel room (laughs) that's never gonna fucking happen no it's not but i'm I'm like look i got enough points for me and this fucking guy get him a room (laughs) (laughs) can i just get on the foot of the bed and be like the dog and and kick my feet and look as like as long as running. I can kick you in the head. It hey, look, Lois. He thinks he's running. <laughs> right. Oh my God! Get out! Oh, you motherfucker! Ah, baseball. baseball. The <laughs> I was like, "What the fuck is happening?" It was the Yankees' last strike, and now it's extra innings. It's extra fucking innings. Here I am. Here I am. Here I am. Here I am. With you two assholes, it's fucking extra innings. I'm not even watching it. I just, I, I, God, I, I wish we could make that a segment, a segment name. Ladies and gentlemen, it's extra innings. Extra. You can call that. You can call the stingers extra fucking innings. Hey, no, you can do the entire, you can do an entire episode of all the canned stinger you have and just call it extra fucking innings. Yes, you goddamn can. Right. No, Brian's right. This is something you can cut and keep in extra innings. Extra innings is fucking great. I mean, I'm glad I said it, but <laughs> I'm more glad that you thought outside the box and fucking took it a different direction. Uh, we'll, we'll see about that. <laughs> By the way, did you guys see the, the Spider-Man game got a release date finally? I did, yes. September 7th? Yes. You know what's also like the week after? The Stranger Things? My birthday. That's going to oh, be it's... a birthday gift from me to me. <laughs> <laughs>